I want I want them to know this ain't easy. Living your dream may seem like a simple quote, but there is nothing simplistic about feeding the desire to do what you love. Anything is attainable, but in the midst of adversity, do you have the courage to go out and get it? It isn't for the faint at heart. The dream always comes with a price. Are you willing to pay? I couldn't figure out why shit had to be so hard. I understood that anything worth having was worth fighting for, but I felt like I was straight up being attacked. Every day was something different. Just some more foolishness added to the long list of shit that just wasn't going my way. It was a Saturday night, and like usual, I was in the house. I'd been seeing a lot of my bedroom lately. Money was just funny as hell, and I definitely wasn't up for doing much of anything, especially if it cost money. But I did a lot of my master plan thinking within the confines of those four walls, so most times, staying in the house was to my benefit. I literally laid across my bed with the laptop open, just staring at it. I wanted to write something, but the words just escaped me. My mind was just on something else. I had just opened a few overdue credit card bills, and I knew that paying them this week was just out of the question. My account was overdrawn by $150 and hell. I didn't even know how I was going to make it to work for the week, let alone trying to pay those damn bills. Of course, another damn bill. $235. Okay. Okay. I was good about not panicking. I had mastered the whole mind over matter thing, and so I really didn't let shit like that defeat me. Sure, I could cry and scream or complain about it, but that wouldn't make it go away. My approach was just to let it be. There was nothing I could do about it, but that didn't stop the constant thoughts. I was always thinking, trying to figure out ways I could get myself out of all this mess. If I could just bump into one of those rich-ass millionaire dudes looking for a damsel in distress or find a strip club in a remote location where nobody knew my name, I would be set. But shit like that never happened in my world. I thought about getting an additional part-time job to help alleviate some of the money issues I was having, but then I remember back to when I had one, just a few short years ago, and I remember how it felt. I felt like I was wasting away. All work, no play. I would literally come home and just sleep. I had no time for my dreams. I had no time for me. And that shit wasn't ever going to happen again. I'd rather owe all the money in the world than to ever give up my dream again. I just couldn't do it. 
not this time. I started typing because I couldn't stand the silence anymore. I was left lost in my own thoughts and I had to get them out. I started writing about shit I was feeling and once I finished, I had a pretty dope ass poem. takes is just one dream then why are dreams deferred left uncovered in the land of the unknown to roam alone where dreams never occur if all it takes is just one thought then why do ideas go unheard eliminated in the land of possibilities when all it takes is one word to be released and lyrically heard if all it takes is just one mic then why are the talented silenced by inartistic phonies they're destroyed by their potential abilities forced to watch frauds make millions with selling nothing but baloney flooding hopeful minds with belligerent nonsense subduing hearts with a life only defined by unearned currency and neglected by deaf rhyme if all it takes is just one person to move mountains why the fuck won't we just climb why do we psychologically place stumbling blocks in the way of achievement? We envision the promised land, but we refuse to go seek it. We hear the words trickling into existence, but we never do speak it. We're made of pure motherfucking magic, but can't even believe it. If all it takes is just me, then why can't the work be done? Why am I chastised for trying to be consistent and making a difference when they say it only takes just one? If that's all it takes, then let's cut out all the bullshit and make this shit happen. I'm only one person, but it only takes just one action. After I finished writing, I knew I had to leave the house. I was just too caught up in my own thoughts and I needed some fresh air. So when my girl Kia called, asking if I would tag along on her hour-long drive to drop her kids off for the weekend, I was down. Yeah, it's what I call but um, y'all ain't got it like this drink right here. Right here. Ain't nobody told you this today, I kept. Well, Girl, these kids are working my nerves. I can't wait to drop their ass off over my sister's house. I love them, but they gotta go. Just one night. I just need one night to myself. <laughs> you silly. I'm for real. After I drop their ass off, we can go get quesadillas and some drinks on me. Ain't nobody fooling with you tonight. I gotta get some writing done. And you need to get some done too, especially if we're supposed to be working on part two of this book. We will get all of that done. I do my best thinking under the influence. It will get done. Trust me. I'm just saying. We've been sitting on this part two for a while now. It's time. I agree. That's why we need the drinks. Motivation. You're going to be drunk after that first drink. Ain't no writing getting done. In All right, fine. Then I'll do it first thing in the morning. I'll be kid-free and full of creative juices. I got this. He was a good friend of mine and co-author to one of my books. I had known her since the eighth grade, and we just always clicked. During high school, she ended up moving away, but we reconnected in our early adult years. One time, we started reminiscing and discussing all the crazy shit that we've been through together, and that spawned the idea for a book. We wrote Yesterday's Destiny in a little over a month, and we just knew it was going to be a hit. Yesterday's Destiny was about a group of college kids who all had buried secrets. Some had secrets that were even deadly. The main character, Destiny, 
was the most infamous of all of them. Her secrets, once revealed, would threaten her own livelihood and change the lives of her friends forever. It was a psychological thriller with tidbits of comedy, erotica, and urban flair. We just couldn't lose, or so we thought. Things definitely didn't go as expected with Yesterday's Destiny. We had the recipe for a perfect plot, but when it came time for people to purchase, the sales were less than impressive. To know you have a dope-ass project, but no one knows about it? Like, what do you do? All we needed was the perfect platform, and everything would have been much different. But we didn't have that. We had a few diehard fans asking for a part two, but there just wasn't enough to create the buzz we really needed. And that shit hurt. Part two was already written and ready to be edited and published. We just never did it. Aside from yesterday's destiny flopping, life just always seemed to get in the way somehow. Within a few short years, Kia had lost her mother, a child, and her motivation. I tried my best to be a supportive friend, but what do you really say to a person who has suffered such a loss? I'll give it to her though. Under the circumstances, she definitely held it together. She was strong and I admired that about her. She wanted to move forward with part two, but she just had a lot going on. Her mind wasn't in the right place and that's understandable. I didn't want to be selfish about it. I knew that with everything going on, she just needed more time. But time, I really didn't have. Before I knew it, three years had passed and we had nothing to show for it. Not that it was anyone's fault, but I had suffered a similar fate for far too long. So what do you do? Do you put your own dreams on pause for someone else and wait until they're ready? I mean, it's tough when you really care about somebody. You don't want to just move on. But sometimes, there's really no other choice. I made the decision to move forward with other endeavors. I wanted so much for Kia to pick up her broken pieces so we could continue, but it was do or die for me. I had to push through. I felt selfish as hell, but I knew it was something I needed to do. Life had finally returned to sort of a normalcy for Kia. You never truly get over our loss, but she was ready to step out there and get things done. She was ready to get back to Kia. We decided that we would revisit part two and work towards getting it published within the next year or so. I mean, we already knew the potential that yesterday's destiny had, and part two was way bigger than that. So we knew we had a hit on our hands. It would be something that the reader never saw coming, and we were so amped to get it out to the masses. But there had to be something different we could do, you know, to make sure that we didn't have yet another book that just sat on the shelves. I thought about Lisa Gooden and wondered if it would be something she'd be interested in. I mean, she loved Keena Tells All. She had to love this, right? On the way back from dropping off Kia's kids, we stopped at a Mexican spot for some quesadillas. Kia didn't get out much, so she was having a time of her life. <laughs> but me... I was still lost in my own thoughts. Girl, these quesadillas are so bomb. I need to make it over here more often. Kina. Kina. You all right, girl? Huh? You over there daydreaming? Is everything all right? You better drink up, girl. Yeah, I, I'm fine. Just got a lot of shit on my mind. Girl, I'm about to be 30 soon. Shit, welcome to the club, girl. Where the hell did the time go? Girl, I say the same thing every day. That's why I knew it was time to get this thing popping. We wasted too much time. Part two has to be on point. I was just talking to this lady who started her own dog walking business. Her friends laughed at her ass and told her she was wasting her time. Now she's making six figures and driving events, all from dog walking. I hate dogs, but damn, sign me up. I know, right? She took something as simple as dog walking and created a multi-million dollar business. Now those friends who laughed at her, 
asking her is she hiring. That's the type of ship I need to be on. You and me both. We all have these million-dollar ideas. It's time we put them to good use. Look, you already know I'm down. I just got to stack some papers so we can get things done. Well, look, I got this project coming up. I can't say too much about it, but I just wanted to give you the heads up. I know folks are going to be looking crazy and wondering if we're still working together, but I ain't really tripping off that. I'm just hoping it will broaden my platform. Once I can do that, the sky's the limit. Of course, anything we put out individually will always drive revenue for whatever we do together, so... I'm down. I support you. Monday came too quickly, and I just wasn't ready to go back to work. But I didn't have much of a choice. I managed to scrape up a few dollars I found laying around on my dresser and in the pockets of a few pairs of jeans out of the dirty clothes hamper. The Lord was definitely looking out for me. When I got there, I prepared my classroom for the morning, and then I went to go find Yanni. She was sitting in her classroom with her head down. She looked like how I felt. I walked in the classroom and she had some slow jams playing. What in the hell is going on here? You got the slow jams on? Do I need to leave back out and let you be alone? Girl, shut up. I'm just tired. Keep had my ass up all night. I swear, that nigga's like the Energizer Bunny or something. Then he wakes me up this morning. And gets pissed because I didn't want to fuck again. Like, who do you think he married? A porn star? <laughs> Y'all nasty. You better get you some vitamins so you can keep up with that sex drive, girl. I gotta get up at 4.30. Ain't nobody got time to get in a last-minute quickie. <laughs> Blasphemy. There's always time for a last-minute quickie. I forgot who I was talking to. Never mind. Whatever. I'm just saying. Everybody loves a little morning quickie. Girl, bye. I just need him to be a little more considerate. I mean... Some husbands don't get sex but once or twice a month, and this nigga complaining about only getting it once or twice a day. Who does that? I'm not a robot. True, but I would love to be able to get it once or twice a day. That's actually my dream. I need to get it that often. This every other weekend thing ain't exactly working out for me. Well, you got to. You can't manage to work that out? Hmm? Ooh, you tried it. First off, Smith and I usually don't have sex when we're together. We kind of just hang out and chill, unless, of course, we're feeling the moment. But Corey, he works every other weekend, so, I mean, I got to hold off on that sometimes, too. My sex life is a bust, girl. If you don't shut up, every other weekend is still pretty good. Not when you could be getting it every day. Well, look, go find you a husband, and you can do that. And then you can pop a bun in the oven so I can be an auntie, hmm? Ooh, you really tried it. Husband? Baby? Nah, I'm good. My uterus is out of commission right now. Mm, you better hurry up. Don't be like me trying to get pregnant in your mid-30s. You say that like you're ancient. There's still time, Ayana. Well, it ain't happened yet, so no more babies for me. Girl, stay positive. You just never know. That baby gonna sneak up on you when you least expect it. <sighs> yeah, I just don't want to be too old. You know, I want to be able to do stuff with the baby. Hey, look, Janet is 50 and pregnant. I figure I got time. Shit, I ain't Janet. I need to get pregnant way before then. I told myself if it doesn't happen within the next year or so, I'm just going to stop trying. Don't you want kids, Kina? I did want children. Badly. There was this desire within me to mother a child. A desire that I think I've always had. But I didn't want to just have a baby. I wanted a family. I refused to bring a child into the world that didn't have a stable family. No matter how stupid the traditional shit sounded, that's what I wanted. I dreamed about one day having a full packet. The supportive and hardworking husband, a baby or two, 
a nice house, you know, the American dream. But things just didn't work out that way. And to be honest, I'm glad. I didn't make the best decisions when it came to picking boyfriends and had any of my exes fathered my children. I know it would have been a hot ass mess. Well, no, I take that back. My first love, Calvin, he would have made a great dad. Hell, he would have been a great husband. Calvin and I met about a month before I was leaving to go to college. We didn't expect for the relationship to go anywhere, but the way it just bloomed was so beautiful. It happened so naturally. We started off as good friends, and before we knew it, we were inseparable. I gave him my virginity. My plan was to hold off to marriage, but you know how that goes. We were so in love, it was almost poetic. Yeah, I know, the shit sound lame, but that's really how it felt. I get it, that's how all first loves are supposed to feel, but for a while, it was magical. We felt like we had our whole lives ahead of us. We named our future children and everything. Life was perfect with him. Of course, like any young couple, we had our ups and downs, but the good always outweighed the bad. But we were young and dumb, and eventually we grew apart. We wanted different things. A lot of it had to do with our distance, though. Me being in Florida while he lived in Maryland, that just wasn't a good look for us. Sometimes long-distance relationships just don't work out, especially when you're young and want to let loose. Now, I never cheated on Calvin, but I gotta admit, I definitely had the urge to. Not in a sexual way, but I yearned for that closeness. Everyone else on campus had their little relationships and flings, and all I had were phone calls, occasional visits, and pictures in between the holidays. The shit sucked. We almost made it to three years together. I used to wonder what would have become of us had I never moved to Florida, and you know, maybe if he moved down there with me, Will we be married? Will we have that baby? Who knows? I found out through a friend that he had a little girl a few years ago, and when I first heard, I was like, damn, that could have been our baby. That should have been our baby. But I don't wonder about those things anymore, or him. I've accepted that your first love is just your first love. You live, you learn, you love, and you move the fuck on. That's it. I guess I'm that way with most things, though. I try not to dwell on the past so much or what could have been. I do my best to stay focused on the now. And right now, I was in the struggle of my life. Fuck that fairy tale shit. I was on a mission. Outside of Yanni's classroom, I spotted Corey walking by. He was looking all kinds of Yanni. When he noticed me walking, he turned and stopped in front of the classroom window and smiled. I ain't smiled back. That was his cue to interrupt our conversation. Don't you want kids, Kina? Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Matthews, could you stop by my office when you get a sec? Um, I need to speak with you about something. Sure, I'll stop by in a sec. No problem. Hmm. So what's that about? What do you got to discuss with you? Girl, I have no clue. I'll be back. I lied. I knew exactly what Corey wanted. He wanted some of that early morning good good and shit. I wanted it too. I quickly made it to his office. I couldn't tell if he was inside though. There were no windows, so I just knocked. When I didn't get an answer, I looked around to make sure nobody saw me before I turned the knob and let myself in. The lights were off, but I could smell the scent of his cologne. And I could see his silhouette in the chair behind his desk. I was all the way turned on and was ready for whatever came next. Quiet. The way he uttered those words sent chills throughout my whole body. No, you taste good, girl. Before I could even reply, he quickly covered my mouth and rammed all 10 inches of that dick 
deep into my pussy. Each stroke was deep and deliberate. I could barely contain myself, and neither could he. Morning sex was always a good thing, but that adrenaline from having morning sex on the job and knowing that anybody could just walk through that door and catch us in the act, that feeling was just out of this world. I'm pretty sure that's the wettest I've ever been in my entire life. He was moaning, I was moaning. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised that we didn't get caught in the moment, but I really didn't care. Once we finished, I tried my best to recollect myself before leaving out of his office. Yeah, that should help take care of that little attitude you had today. <laughs> All right, yeah, whatever. I'll see you later. When I finally walked out of his office, I turned the corner and bumped right into Yanni. All she did was shake her head and laugh. <laughs> what? Where were you? I went to go get me some uh coffee. Kina, you don't even drink coffee. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Past Due was created and executive produced by Experience J. Music and sound design by Chris Lark of Sound Off Creative and My Promo Voice. Leo Zaruki, Darren Curtis, Hans Zimmer, Fractured Light Music. Kimba, Tariq, and My King Productions. Podcast intro produced by Jonathan Gaither. Add voiceover by Mercedes Lewis of My Promo Voice. Past Due was written by Experience J. Starring Experience J with an ensemble cast played by Nairobi James, Zay Walker, and War. Musical artists featured on this episode include Ashley Epiphany, Jade Crystal, and Lamar LaRue. 